Hello, folks, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. This week, we're diving into the 1988 flick, Die Hard, and then the 2005? Yes. 2005 Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So we've got some, that's coming up later in the show, and uh, right now we are going to introduce ourselves. ourselves. I am Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. I'm Josh, and I've told the guys earlier I'm proud to be 17 weeks clean on myrrh. I haven't even taken a hit of frankincense in years. <laughs> Rough stuff. It's still, it's still funny. <laughs> How's the gold situation, though? Yeah. Uh, the, I, you know, I think the gold situation is going to drive me back to the frankincense and myrrh. It's, it's lack you know. thereof. You were talking about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I heard their internet is remaking that. And they're going to call it Kiss Pick Kiss Kiss Pew Pew. It's happening. All right, so we got a phone call this this week. We got a voicemail. Yes, yes, from a person who did not identify themselves, but he yeah. apparently likes our show and likes the holidays. So that's great. So we're going to listen to that right now. See, here it goes. Hi guys, I'm a little bit behind. I'm catching up. Uh, I just wanted to say that you fucktards got the name of the movie wrong. It was not how the mensch stole Christmas. It was how the mensch saved a bunch on Hanukkah. Boom. (laughs) And Joel's one of the funniest men alive. If there were seven men alive in the world. (laughs) Kisses. All right. (laughs) Who was that, Joel? What was that? Just let it go. That was our that was our caller, because it seems to be the same voice that we've gotten in the last couple. Uh, no, of times. it's not. I'm not going to oh, acknowledge that, that. No, it was definitely not Kevin. Nope, we're not, not going to. No, it's not. Kevin. So we have two callers. It's not Charlie. So if you like to be in the caller club, which is now two strong, <laughs> folks, three. I think that's three. Yeah, three strong. Three, three strong. I, I will say I like the trend that the, that we're getting is every caller is sounding more and more like 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 Mr. No Nos. <laughs> the voices are getting more <laughs> so let's say if if there were only seven men in the world Joel would be the funniest so what would the other six men be not in Michigan Harvey Firestein Stephen Hawking um, Gandhi Gandhi Henry Kissinger <laughs> LBJ you are funnier than Henry Kissinger David yeah. Bowie has- and the rest would all be German prime chancellors no, you know, I think I think David Bowie would be funnier than Joel. Hey, yeah, he, I mean, he was in Zoolander. Joel was not. That's true. That's true. But why male models? Because we don't like the library for ants. Because we're anyway. perfect. All right, so folks, if you want to join the Color Club, which is now three strong, three people oh, strong. Oh, oh. <laughs> Please give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. We'll put you on the air and answer your questions. and Probably make fun of you. Yeah, or yeah more than likely mock you. Endure your abuse. Yeah. Yes. Or you can make fun of us, which is something we've gotten sadly familiar with. I gotta really go good at doing it ourselves. So Patrick is on remote today, so if you haven't noticed that. Yeah. Hey, Pat, tell us about your... In Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Tell us about your internet, Pat. <laughs> well, I, yeah, um, apparently you versus powered by goats here in Little Rock because I, it was, I kept dropping, getting dropped all the time. So 
I now am the proud owner of a personal Wi-Fi hotspot. Nice. Yes. And you're uh, I go. Hmm? You've got your uh, wireless Beats by Dre. Yeah, I got it on the whole setup now. Yeah. Are, are you nice. signing up other uh, Little Rockins to uh, your, use your service since the internet is not there except in buckets at this point that they have to bring? No, in I'm, I'm hogging the, I'm hogging it all for myself at the moment. Yeah. Neat. His ad is going to be Pat's Wi-Fi service, no goats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's twenty five dollars for use, and if you can find something filthier on the internet that I haven't seen, then it's free. Oh, did you just Which challenge me? Oh my god! <laughs> did you just challenge me? I want no part of this. Oh. I want no part of this, Joel. Oh. That's the sound of my porn engine starting. Oh. <laughs> so, what happened this week in nineteen eighty eight? I'm glad you asked, Josh. <laughs> Narrowly averted where the hell that was going. All right, this week in 1988, the movie Scrooge came out, Woo. which I just I just watched the other day. Love that movie. It, it's a great movie. It's I honestly say that that holds up. Bill Murray is amazing in it. Bobcat Goldthwaite is hilarious, and I think my personal favorite person in the whole thing has got to be Carol Kane. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the quote that bitch hit me with a toaster. <laughs> So she was the ghost of Christmas present. Ghost, yeah, ghost of Christmas present. Um, the one that would smack and abuse. I, I want to say that I, I really hope that that was all made up on the fly. The two of them interacting because it was too funny for it not to have been to have been that scripted. It's a classic. It is. And then we've got mm-hmm. well, television. I was just going to say a, a, a stupid little trivia thing from from Scrooge. Um, the the Ghost of Christmas uh, Past was played by uh, David Johansson, who, also known as Buster Poindexter, and was Who's also saying? the lead singer of what band, Joel? Any idea? Buster Poindexter? Yeah, not, yeah, not Buster York Poindexter, Dolls. but David Johansson was the, the lead York singer Dolls. of... There you go. Hot, hot, hot. The New York Dolls. That was later, but... <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I just had really bad wedding flashbacks there. Um, I'm doing the chicken also. dance. <laughs> I'm just doing the chicken. And I'm drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm drinking some sort of chocolate energy drink. Did you know Mike's sweatpants have a zipper? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Hey Vern, It's Ernest was canceled this week Aww. in 1988 because apparently us as a nation all decided that, you know, the whole Ernest thing was kind of stupid. TV show <laughs> based on a commercial based, yeah. On a bunch of movies? No, the movies, no, the commercial came first. The commercials were first, yeah. Yeah, and then the movies and then the TV show, I think, is how it went. So it was a commercial yeah. first? I guess was that what? No, yeah, commercial was, was first. It's like the yeah, Hey Jacko doing like it was it was it was just a it was a regional thing actually, and he was just doing some character that was telling his buddy about all these deals he was getting going through some company was, or something you know was, and coming through the window he's like, hey Vern yeah yeah and then Ernest like, get P. Worrell finger slammed in the uh, the window I've got a I, I told you guys before the show but I've got a book my mom gave me that was for kids but it was like Ernest's big book of knowledge. And it's all. It's, it's all like knowledge. three pages long. It's 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 entertaining, yeah. 
But um, I mean, it's not unlike the the Energizer commercials that had Jacko, the Australian guy that would go oi, and then he got his own TV show called The Highwayman where he'd go oi and he'd solve crimes in his big like street fighting truck. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, street fighting truck. Yeah. Well, I was I mean- like, how, how recently have we done it? We, we had the Geico Caveman had a, a sitcom, what, three years ago? Four years yep. ago? Something like that. Yep, yep. Very yeah. true. It was actually, you know, kind of funny, too. It wasn't one horrible. Of them, one of them's name Better than Joel. according to Jim. Let's put it that way. All I, know about, all I know about Ernest is that my father drug the family to the theater to see Ernest <laughs> scared stupid on opening night. <laughs> what did he drug you with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and I'm just like, oh, my God. Uh, no, we... we Dad, this hand is like Ernest. codeine. That was another version of your dad punking your family. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to see Ernest Goes to Camp. Like I was excited to see that movie in the theater. Oh, that was that. I thought that was hilarious. Explains a lot. Ernest goes to South Central. <laughs> well, how many were there? There was like Ernest goes to camp. Ernest scared stupid. Ernest goes to court. Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> Ernest goes to paternity suit. Uh, Ernest in the army. Ernest goes Ernest to saves Africa. Christmas. Yeah. Ernest rides again. Yep. Yeah. Although they look cute. Ernest goes to Pamploma. Apparently, he was Wait. very earnest. Here we go. Hang on. Although they look cute and cuddly, don't ever, ever do this to a family of badgers. <laughs> that, that passed for comedy in the eighties. Yeah, 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 it's good stuff. What, what, so every glorious everybody... time to be a comedy writer. <laughs> I know, God, just throw some shit at the screen. Yep, okay, sure. All right, so all you '90s and 2000 people, if you're listening, can feel <laughs> superior. Uh, also, the most uh, number one board game of Christmas time in 1988 was Scattergories. Yay! Yay! That is a fun game. It is a fun game. I like I like word games. Is that the I one with the die? Yeah, the die with all the letters on it. Yeah, yeah the twenty sided die with with twenty different letters. You got the different categories, and you roll the die and figure out what letter. And everybody's got to come up with you know. Pat, they were categories. Yeah, categories. Yeah, not categories. Yeah. Category. Yeah, my wife's no, family not... plays categories a lot, and I'm I'm not very good at it. Is that the German no. Scheiße game? No, no. What? Categories. You're making the scat joke, yes. Scategories, yes. That's, yes. Uh, I, I was actually playing <laughs> the other day, and I, I, I had an answer that made my I, I cracked myself up when I wrote it down because the letter was B, and it said you know, and and the thing was cold, and you get multiple you get multiple points if you use alliteration you know correctly. So I just put bad bitches. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Made it. You're no Joel. No, no, you're Who not. Is? And he is a rare treat. <laughs> All right, Back let's get into the movies. <laughs> All right. So, Die Hard, Christmas action movies. Yes. The only real yes. Christmas movie. <laughs> so, this was uh, 1988, starred Bruce Willis as Officer John McClane. McClane. Bonnie, Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro McClane. And uh, Reginald Vell Johnson of um family matters family matters i almost said family ties so that would have been entertaining too <laughs> if you had played the guy that michael keaton worked with at the station <laughs> and yeah. michael c gross as reginald val johnson as <laughs> alan rickman in his first 
in his uh, film debut. And yes, and that is a little-known fact that people don't realize. That was his film debut. You're absolutely correct. Nice. And he was amazing. Yes, he was. Who doesn't he, love Owen oh, Rankin? My mom has a weird crush on him, like weird, creepy crush on him. <laughs> Ale- Alexander Goodenov as the tall blonde dude who was <laughs> Carl. Yeah. Carl. Carl, yeah. He has a name. Was also, well, he was also a uh, ballet Alex dancer. Paulson. What? Robert Paulson. He was a ballet dancer. He was? Yeah. He was in the money pit. Yeah. He was in the money I was pit. actually sitting there thinking about that when he's fighting Bruce Willis. I was like, this guy's range is so good. He can play this badass guy who's kicking ass. And he can also play like a conductor of an orchestra. <laughs> who, who, as far as I know, they don't kick any ass. One of my favorite character actors you, is also pretty far down the cast list on this, Al Leong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. guy. Pretty much you know that shit's going down if either Al Leong or Danny Trejo is <laughs> on the scene. Yeah. Well, Danny Trejo's starting to get out of that a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget they had a character named Argyle. <laughs> Played by Devorah White. Yes, thank yeah. you. I can't think of his name, but uh, just the name Argyle is a winner, and, winner, chicken dinner situation. And then there was also that I want to give an honorable mention to the woman in the airport wearing the white skin tight pants that jumped on the guy and wrapped her legs around him. Yoga pants before their time. Yes. It really doesn't take much for you, does it, Pat? No. <clears throat> okay. Pat's like I don't even have a, I don't even have a joke for that. I just know it. Really yeah, I'm just like that's <laughs> like she looked at me. Started, I'm like, hey, she must want me. Anyway, actually, all right. So. I actually talked about that in, in one of my stand-up gigs about you know how it, uh, you know I'll be making a sandwich and I'll stick the knife in the mayonnaise. Be like, yeah, take it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Die Hard, New York City detective John McClane becomes the only hope for a small group of hostages one of whom is his estranged wife trapped in a Los Angeles high-rise office building when it is seized by terrorists on Christmas Eve. Hans Grubler. (laughs) Yes. But they weren't even terrorists. Uh, Nope. They were just high-tech bank robbers. Um, Incidentally, before (laughs) we decided to to do this, um, this has been my Christmas movie for at least the last six years. I, I don't know what took me so long to realize it, but like about six years ago, looking for something to watch on Christmas. I'm like, I don't want the usual crap. And I was like, Die Hard. And I put in Die Hard. And ever since then, I watch it every year. So it was tradition. So, yes. All right. Well, going through the trivia, uh, John McTiernan was originally going to make Commando 2, but Schwarzenegger turned the role down. And trans- Commando 2 was then transformed into this movie. Really? I didn't know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. why would you book. turn down Commando Two? Commando One was perfect. <laughs> it was. I guess good. Well, why. he couldn't get any. He couldn't get any better. Yeah, well, how can you improve on it? Really? Well, the uh, part was uh, eventually offered to Bruce Willis after it was <laughs> turned down by Sylvester Stallone, Burt Reynolds, which would have been a really weird movie. Yeah. Yeah. Harrison Ford, <laughs> Mel Gibson, and get this one, Richard Gere. Huh. Hey, yeah. Uh, why hey, is yeah, it in every action have... movie? <laughs> in every action movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. In every action movie, you almost always read that Richard Gere was under consideration for the role. He's like never ever been in an action movie, but he's considered for every role. Like, why did you know what Hollywood think he should be an action star? He's not. It's just Richard Gere is on the internet right now on IMDb, adding that he was thought about for every <laughs> single episode. <laughs> yeah, 
Gone with the wind, man. They were going to give me that part. <laughs> That's what his agent is doing for him. <laughs> well, yes. Are you going to talk to about Nothing Lasts Forever? As, one, lasts as forever. one of your trivia things? Obviously not, because I, I don't not. know what the hell you're talking okay. about. Um, Roderick Thorpe wrote a book called The Detective. The Detective was made into a movie with Frank Sinatra. Uh, the movie was about um, a detective that... Then they made a sequel to the book called Nothing Lasts Forever, in which the character, Leland, was trapped in an oil corporation skyscraper by German terrorists. They adapted it into Die Hard, in which the name of Joe Leland, the detective, was changed to John McClane. Sinatra went into Bruce Willis, and that didn't sound good. And uh, they changed (laughs) some other facts around. But basically, there's a prequel to this movie starring Frank Sinatra in the role that later became Bruce Willis's. And I've seen that movie. Actually, a pretty good. The movie. Detective from 1968. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Fun fact. Because uh, I mean, it 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 was actually um, really groundbreaking for its time because it investigated the uh, death of a homosexual man and it treated it like you know, and and it had the balls to treat him like he wasn't a degenerate and everything and like he was just a normal person that got killed and a lot of people got up in arms about that that they didn't like you know portray the seedy underbelly enough. Nice. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well. The Hungarian title is Give Your Life Expensive. <laughs> what? The, the title of the sequel is Your Life is More Expensive. <laughs> and Die Hard 3 is The Life is Always Expensive. Nice. Now the uh, the line in there, Hans, Bubby, where he says that, yeah. <laughs> apparently was ad-libbed and Alan Rickman's look of confusion is completely true. Because <laughs> he, he is like... So he had no idea what was what going on. They don't, do a lot, they don't do a lot of Yiddish in Germany anymore for some reason. And to show what a hardworking, uh, hardworking man you can Bruce ignore Willis that one, was, Mike. I'm totally missing that one on you. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis was actually shooting moonlighting concurrently with this movie, so that's why everything takes place at night. Because he would shoot uh, moonlighting during the day, and then at night he would come and he would do Die Hard. I love the line. Oh, oh. Go ahead. I was speaking say, of a in, dig, go ahead. In between, he'd stop to shoot a commercial for Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers. It's <laughs> dry. My, 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 my. Um, I have both his albums. But anyway, uh, I love the line in there where the detective is outside and, and uh, Reginald L. Johnson is talking to him about how I, I've got a hunch. I think he's a cop. And the guy's like, for all we know, he's a bartender. And yeah. which incidentally was what Bruce Willis was before he became an actor. Yep. Very cool. Very funny. And uh, on Alan Rickman's that, first yeah. on Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, he filmed the scene where Hans Gruber runs into John McClane. He made a jump off the ledge about three feet high, promptly injured his knee when he landed and damaged the cartilage in his knee. Told by his doctor not to put any weight on that leg and had to use crutches for a week. For the rest of the scene where Hans Gruber is standing and talking to John McClane, Alan Rickman is standing on one leg and has a leg brace on under his pants. Huh. Wow. So that kind of parallel with the um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where uh, Sean Connery does a whole scene with no pants on. What? You don't know about that? No. 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 When um, Sean Con- when uh, Indiana Jones comes and rescues his dad, and just and he uh, they had that whole scene in the uh, castle. Apparently, it was so hot that um, Sean Connery just took off his pants because he's in that tweed suit. So he's like, you know, are you going to show me below the waist? No. Well, I'm taking off my pants. <laughs> he was so hot. And, and who's going to tell him no? 
Exactly. Who's going to say, you know, no, Miss? Yeah, okay, well, whatever. This but, tweet uh, is sweaty. All right, so, roundabout. Favorite favorite scene in the movie? Mm. Hmm, that's a good question. I had never uh, really thought about that. I would, I, I honestly, I would have to say when he uh, when he crawls into the bathroom and like that trail of blood is falling behind because he just had to run through all the broken glass because oh, I remember yeah. seeing this movie in the theater and that was um, that was the first time I remember like actually feeling real empathy and, and like cringing for a character in a movie but just being like oh gee you know I mean that was like the first time I ever like really got I mean affected I guess for lack of a better word by by something in a movie yeah, where, where it was more than just me watching something, and, and you know, I actually like reacted to it. You know, that first kind of Ugh. yeah, yeah. I know when <laughs> when he was running, he had you could almost hear you know the glass going into his feet. Because I, know, I mean, right? you know, I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because like, I mean, you could watch Commando as a kid, and like you know, Arnold you <laughs> impales a guy with a 16 inch knife into a tree, and you're just like, <laughs> you know, but like you know, this was the first time I was like, "Oh, that's real pain right there," you know. He also impaled him with a steam pipe, and then steam shot out. Yeah, stick around. Oh no, let off some steam. <laughs> right? Uh, let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> have some laughs. No, I, my favorite scene is 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 the end scene with with Hans when he's falling out the window. Because at the time, I mean, that's just amazing shot. Yeah, I mean, it's not what it looks like but just watching it i mean when i first saw it i was like wow that really catches the fear of all of a sudden realizing you're falling to your death yeah uh, oh hope that wasn't one of the hostages right great another line <laughs> yeah. from the movie yep i think my favorite scene is probably right at the beginning when the uh plan for the heist to take over Nakatomi Plaza starts. You see the uh, van arriving in the basement, and Theo uh, is talking about basketball heading in right before... No, he's talking about football. Uh, no, it's basketball, because he was talking about the Lakers. Yeah. And I, magic passes to Worthy and Worthy Gamble. You're right. You're right. Yep. It was basketball. But just, I was in awe of their plan, up until obviously uh, John McClane gets involved. Cause yeah, cause, I mean, if, if, if McClane isn't there, that plan goes off without a hitch. Yeah, uh, and it would have and it would have worked. Like, the blow on the blow on the roof and them thinking they're dead and everything. It would have worked. Don't forget Argyle. Yeah. He had a hand in it. <laughs> hey, he rammed that ambulance hard. Yeah, but, I mean, if Bruce Willis away. isn't there, Argyle's not there either. You know, so. that's true. Stop raining on my parade. I'm kind of sad that they didn't bring Argyle back in all the other movies, man. That would have been great. John McClane and his sidekick, Argyle. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched it. like the new short round. <laughs> no time for love, Dr. Jones. I, I still love the, the scene where he drops the uh, the chair of computer computer parts and C4 oh, down the elevator yeah. shaft, man. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, because you know, it's like when that when that thing goes down, I mean, and remember the first time I saw it, Pat, well, I'm with you with the whole you know, feeling it. It's like when that when he looks down that thing down the uh, elevator shaft and sees that explosion coming. Yeah, and you you know, for a split second in his face, he's like, "This was a bad idea." <laughs> I immediately <laughs> regret this decision. <laughs> when he's going to jump off the building, he's like, "Please don't die! Please don't die!" <laughs> this is a bad idea, John. Oh, that that is another great scene where he yeah, that, he has that is, the. The fire the hose around he, his he waist. He's safe, and then suddenly he starts getting pulled out of the window again by the fire. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, yeah that's a great sequence. 
right yeah. there, uh, start to finish. That sequence reminds me a lot of um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of, or, yeah, and, and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark because I remember that was the first movie I ever recall noticing that the tempo never really even slowed down. Every time you thought something was done, something else would happen, and you're like, you never got a chance to rest, you know. And that scene reminded me of that, you know. So, which reminds me of another shot where um, Johnson and Johnson are flying in the helicopters, and Johnson's oh, yeah. like. This reminds me. Doesn't this remind you of being in Denim or whatever? He's talking about Vietnam, and the other yeah, guy's like, yeah. "I was in grade school, dickhead." <laughs> well, yeah. it, it just sums up their relationship perfectly. And the, uh, yeah, the, and the, you know, Black Johnson is is actually not so bad of a guy, you know, whereas White Johnson is just a complete dick. <laughs> they had a lot of those little uh, cameo, almost cameo parts. They didn't get much screen time, but they managed to really impress you. With their characters, uh, I, I felt that way about Theo as well, the terrorist's hacker. Yeah, yeah. I actually—that's one of the notes I wrote on this. I said they did a very good job of setting up individual characters quickly with very little exposition. Mm-hmm. The, the police. I mean, they, they showed their personalities really well. I mean, it just and 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 very quickly without being too clunky about it. You know, I mean, it's a well-written movie. It really is. It was. I mean, and, and it is we like like what you said with almost like Temple Doom, where every single time you think you can take a breath, the shit hits the fan again. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. like I mean, and I think the big the biggest point is where uh, I started you know, like almost when I was well, at the theater to see it, but when I was screaming and yelling, it wanted to scream and yell. Was the when the uh, the one business guy Hans Bubby. <laughs> when he comes to talk and I was with with McLean in this, I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, he's gonna shoot you." And, and like, this this being that you know that this movie being filmed in the '80s wasn't that role supposed to be filled by Judge Reinhold? Yeah, <laughs> for like, us, he, he he was busy. He was busy at the time. <laughs> he was being an asshole. Uh, in the movie. <laughs> you know, it still gets me every time Hans shoots Nakatomi. Or not Nakatomi, what's his name? Could, yeah, um, Tagaki. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just shoots him cold, right in the head. And that every time, either. it shocks okay. me. Okay. Okay, here's something about that. Um, in the trivia, it says that they had to cut away from Alan Rickman's face every time they shot a gun because Rickman could not stop flinching every time a gunshot went off. Hmm. So, it, but if you look, you can see Rickman's face apparently in a, in a reflection. I think when he shoots Takagi, 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 yeah, Takagi. Yeah, I knew I was going to recognize it if I heard it. But yeah, I you can see it. him wince when the gunshot goes off. I'm hmm. a big fan of James Shigeta, who uh, played Takagi. Uh, he's uh, been in so many things over the years. That's another one of those really standout, uh, quickly established character parts. Uh, he was a uh, General uh, So, in General no, So's chicken. No, movie? General Lee in Mulan. Uh, in <laughs> the Babylon Five, he was Taro Isogi. He's uh, a very famous character actor. Uh, done a million little parts. So I'm looking him up right now. James Shigeta. Yeah, yeah, a very respectable actor here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely recognize him. Mulan, yeah. You know, you know, oh. two, two things that I noticed uh, in this movie early on. Uh, the first one was was uh, John McClane just lighting up a cigarette in, in L.A. airport as he's waiting for the baggage. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those were the days when 
The only place in the world you couldn't smoke was an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, you can't smoke anywhere but your house, and they're even trying to take that away. They're taking that away. Okay. Yep. Oh, when you're done. The other thing thing that that just kind of, for some reason, I don't know why it just kind of cracked me up a little bit, but when he first shows up and he's searching for for Holly on that little, you know, the monitor, he's searching for her name, and he looks up and finds out she's using her maiden name. And he goes, oh, you know, and he goes, oh, 30th floor, 30th floor. And the, and the security guy says, oh, yeah, the Christmas party. They're the only people in the building. Why wouldn't you just tell him that from the beginning? Oh, right. you must be here for the party that's up on the 30th floor. <laughs> Where the only people all are. The people are, yeah. Yeah, like, I know that there's nobody else in this building, but I'm going to make you look this name up because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo. Um, I mean, we all know it's, it was for exposition purposes, but it just he would just maybe laugh and <laughs> Here's a fun fact. I uh, I consider um, Chow Yun Fat the Asian, the Chinese Bruce Willis. And you were talking about um, how Alan Rickman is scared of guns, and so he's flinching, so I didn't show him. Chow Yun Fat has the same problem. He uh, is he, definitely he flinches every time he sees Alan Rickman. <laughs> he's definitely afraid of guns. So in all his oh. action movies, he's always holding them as far out as possible and flinches every time he shoots. But you so, just can't tell because he's Asian. Pat, <laughs> <laughs> I set hey, that up and I didn't mean to. I, you took the words right out of my mouth, yes. Josh. Wow. <laughs> hey, did we mention a pass from Texas? <laughs> and I'm in Arkansas, so it's kind of doubled. Yeah. Arkansas, man. We drive to Florida, man. I told him if, I told the family if we hit Arkansas, we're going straight through. <laughs> we're, we're waking up in Florida. I'm not sleeping in Arkansas. That place is scary. <laughs> To any of our listeners from Arkansas, I love you. No, I mean, it's a beautiful country. It really is. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is. It's gorgeous. Man. But, you know, they Speaking sell Internet Texas, by the bucket. I don't know if you guys remember Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Dollar oh, yeah. taxes. Well, you remember uh, James Trevett, his, uh, his sidekick? Yeah. That was Theo, the hacker. Really? Same actor. Really? Wow. Fascinating. And Paul Gleason. Oh, that's that. You know why they had they didn't have? Um, oh God, who's a douchebag? Uh, Pat. Judge Reinhold. Besides that, me. Judge Reinhold. Why they didn't have Judge Reinhold? It's because they had Paul Gleason. Yeah, and he's good. <laughs> yeah, they would have had Jackie Gleason. Yeah. That would have been weird since he's dead. They did have him. He was in an ashtray. I was <laughs> <laughs> there for you, Mike. To the moon, Michael. Yeah, so yeah, they had him there as as the uh, the police. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still imagining Bo and Luke Duke riding Takagi around <laughs> Hazard County. I knew it, damn it, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. I knew, I knew oh, that's what God. you were thinking earlier, and I was like, "Don't." <laughs> Yeehaw! As soon as you said he played General Lee, I hear Joel like, "Yeah." Like, no. <laughs> it makes me laugh. He's got no door shut. <laughs> they have to crawl in through the window. Because <laughs> the doors are shut. <laughs> Those oh, damn God. foreign made cars. Oh, God. Uh, um, yeah. So, <laughs> there's Christmas action for you, folks. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. ho. Great bit. That That's awesome. I mean, the, I, mean I, I gotta say, like, like I said, you know, the writing of this movie and the idea of just having him talk to himself throughout the whole movie was just brilliant. Because I mean, his 
his inner monologue being, you know, outer. And it was just so funny, you know, and just so he's so good at it, Bruce Willis. That's the thing. Bruce Willis is really good at that sort of like, what am I doing here type conversations with himself. Um, the guy, Jeb Stewart, uh, he was a, he was a screenwriter. Uh, da, 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 da. he did The Fugitive and Die Hard. Movies <laughs> I really love. Uh, Leviathan? Leviathan. Leviathan. It's a great movie with the duck face monster. Oh, yeah, that's on Netflix right now. I gotta watch that. Um, he also did Lock Up with Sylvester Stallone. Oof. Mm. Another 48 Hours. Yeah. Well, I like some of his movies. He had some good stuff. I like, yeah. I like his but uh, <laughs> The Fugitive, you know, that's his good. His misses yeah. are, are, are definitely misses, but his hits are pretty good. I love yeah. The Fugitive. I do, Let's too. See. That's one of those movies, if, if I'm, if I'm like, you know, flipping channels and I see it, I just, I stop every time. It's like getting even with Dad, Pat. Okay, here's where the rest of it came in. The uh, other screenwriter, Stephen E. D'Souza. D'Souza? Souza, Souza, uh, Die Hard, Commando, Die Hard Two, The Running Man, um, jeez, some great aged cheese there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Hudson Hawk. Oh, oh. shut your mouth! You shut your mouth. Oh, I saw that good. I, 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 I like all it. I said was all I okay. did was invoke the name, Ooh, except God, David I, Crusoe. He, do not do not get me started on that movie because I've had so many arguments with people about that movie. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> Yeah. It's not whether or not you hate it; it's how much you hate it. Oh, that, movie, that, movie, swing on a that, that movie is just so so. Would you like beams home in a jar? Danny Aiello, come on! I do, I, I do have those songs on my iPod. I do love the soundtrack, you know. I, but I mean, the, Sandra Bernhardt and the other guy—I can't think of his name. Alan Cumming as the as the villains were just ridiculous. I mean, not, not even. I mean. Like scenery chewing, over the top, stupid, you know, and just not even fun, and just way too ridiculous. And their plot was dumb, and it's just and so many stupid things. And I hate it. Like Sir Lawrence Olivier's Commando. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, this is another. This is a situation where the movie, it, it this, it's greater than the sum of its parts because yeah, you've got these writers. With that, oh, you got to look at it from this point. You got to like tongue and cheek. No, I'm not talking about Hudson Hawk. Now I'm talking about Die Hard. Remember this movie we watched for the show. <laughs> oh, well, I sorry. You got somebody. Oh, if you want Hawk, got me started. So I'll. Oh. If you want it, yeah, I know. I know. We know. We know that's the trigger word for you. <laughs> um, it is. But the but the uh, director, it did Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, Good. awesomeness. What? Oh, I hated Last Action Hero. Yeah, I'm with really? Josh, Pat's I'm heard, totally That's one of my trigger words. Yeah, yeah I, I do not. Well, I've, I've heard his rant. Here we go again, folks. <laughs> the first ten minutes were interesting, and then it just went to crap. Yeah, I, not Edna Falls. It was great, but yeah, the execution not so good. Um, okay, we'll go past that. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Thirteenth Warrior. Warrior, The Thomas Crown Affair, Warrior. I love that movie. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, the remake of Rollerball and Basic. What was Basic? Basic that was the John. John Travolta. They were all hey, there's somebody who murdered over here and she was raped. By the... Oh, wait, that was the general's daughter. Wrong movie. Sorry. I turned into Rodney Dangerfield a little bit. I get no respect. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. John Travolta turned into Rodney Dangerfield. I was, uh, <laughs> I was so excited watching this movie again for the first time in a while, seeing them use the drill because 
I have been playing Payday 2, a video game about robbing banks, and the thermal drill is like a basic tool for drilling bank vaults. I was like, oh my god, I've been using the same drill that they're using in Die Hard for like the last three days. What's this game? That's Payday? Awesome. Yeah, Payday 2. Payday. Hey. You would love this game, Pat, because you play – it's a heist game where you're playing the heist. You have yeah. to get in, rob the bank, and get out. As soon as you said uh, bank robbing, I'm like, what? What game? <laughs> yeah, the problem is it's a uh, first-person view, it is first so person you would search. never enjoy it you because you'd be on the floor vomiting system. on yourself. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, be- basically, the idea is is you're supposed to be able to, with three of your friends, plan this awesome heist, and maybe the cops get called at the end. What really happens is you fuck up the heist in the first five minutes, and then <laughs> the, it's like basically playing a zombie shooting game, except instead of zombies, it's cops. So basically, you know, run. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. Josh, I have a great idea. We have to we have to capture the four of us playing Payday together because I'm sure it'd be awesome. It, all the voice chat alone would be worth I, it. I, I bought it. it was, that would be a lot of fun. I bought it because it was fifty five percent off, and then is, is for Steam? like the next fourteen and a half hours on Steam. Yeah. I'm on it. Awesome. All right. So. Well, roundtable. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm assuming it's all thumbs up oh, for you yeah. guys. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. easily. To quote Jay, three thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only the only time this movie ever made me, like, you know, upset with the incompetent evil villain people was when they were chasing John McClane and they had him located in the vents. And all they did was just, like, shoot, like, 12, 14 bullets. So it was like... Like the bullets are not made of gold. Just just riddle the air vents with bullets, and you'll get him. <laughs> right, they were willing to shoot all the glass. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. going around just poking each one of them. I'm like, no, just shoot everything. <laughs> you want to kill this guy? He killed your brother. You know, that was the only time I ever had a problem with him, like dumbing down a villain. Yeah, most movie. of most of the dumbing down was on the side of the people outside Nakatomi Plaza. Exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, this must be a crank call. All we heard was rapid fire machine gun. <laughs> Yeah. Or okay, before we go, when the when the uh LA SWAT team member sticks himself on a thorn. Yeah, what was that about? The, I don't know. That was Why random. Why did they yeah. show that? That was so yeah. funny. It was weird that they showed that though. <laughs> so I thought I, mean, All right. I thought they were gonna do something else with it. I remember that you know, the first, like the one time I saw it, I, I, that kind of stuck with me. Like, For all we know, it was just the actor. Actor, they had a had him on there. He actually did get stuck, and they decided to leave it. And, in. They, and they, they're like, "This is too funny. Look at this guy being a pussy. We got to put it in the movie." <laughs> yeah, you know, they should have hired Inigo Montoya because, I mean, if they really wanted to get him, you know, just tell him that he killed his father. All right, folks, we're taking a break. I'm going to drive out and have a <laughs> Wait, conversation with Joel, note. and yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll have some music here in just a moment. See you in a little bit. Welcome back, folks. We're back from the break, and I hope you enjoyed that music. Yay! Not to be be confused with that song, which you played last week. (laughs) Um... We are now stepping into That's now my kiss, kiss, bang, that bang. song. That song? Yeah. Pew, pew. Say? <laughs> Stop saying that. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It makes me laugh, so he's going to keep saying it. <laughs> Was released in September of 2005, and I have no idea how I did not see this movie until 
the most recent past. I know, right? Today uh, was literally the first time I've seen this movie. I just love okay. this movie so much. This is this was. I mean, I I remember seeing it, and like, oh, okay, Val Kilmer. You know, I got Robert Downey Jr. and it it piqued my interest. But for some reason, I never went through watching it, and I really regret not watching it the first time I had a chance to. Well, I remember when it first when it first came out, and I remember seeing the trailers and thinking, I really want to see that. And then it got really it got panned badly, and so I just was like, eh, maybe I won't. And I just never made an effort to see it. That was and that was basically it. It's gained a major cult status in its you know second life on video. <clears throat> oh yeah, I can totally see why. Well, for those of you that don't know about this movie, uh, it is called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Came out in two thousand and five. <laughs> This is gonna... Last time, I promise. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> a murder mystery brings together a private eye, a struggling actress, and a thief masquerading as an actor. It's starring Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, Michelle Montagon? Monaghan. 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 And Corbin Burnson. I mean, or as just, we call her, I, Cutie McHodderson. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dash Mihuk as Mr. Frying Pan. Uh, so, but no, this is, you would think just the Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer thing alone would make me sit down and watch it. Well, this was, Cause I'm a huge fan of both when, of them. This, yeah, me too. But this was kind of what, when, when during Val Kilmer's like anti good guy, he, he would like, he was just kind of a Hollywood poison. And so he was on his way back. He was, he was yeah, on his yeah. slow climb back to being who he is now. <clears throat> But let's not See, let's okay. start out with let's give some credit. <laughs> He's the multi-million mega giant super box office draw. Let, let's give Shane Black a little credit first of all, because for those of you who don't know who Shane Black is, he was a writer director of this movie. But you may remember him from his writing credits such as Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon Two, Lethal Weapon Three, Lethal Weapon Four, The Monster Squad, The Last Boy Scout, oh. The Last Action Hero, The Long Iron Kiss Man Goodnight. 3. And Iron Man 3 most recently. I mean, the guy... And he's writing a Doc Savage movie? <laughs> yeah. The guy is, need we say, prolifically brilliant with action movies that are not too much brain power, but still smart enough to keep <laughs> you interested. No, I mean, literally, it's not like, you know, it's like a like a James right, Bond. They're not memento, but, you know, yeah. But they're fun, they're quotable, and you want to rewatch them more than once. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, this is this is again one of those. I watched it with Suzanne, and even she turned to me after we watched it and was like, "Why haven't we seen this until now?" Um, for those of you that don't know the plot, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a small-time crook, break and uh, running from a botched break into a toy store. And he winds up in a casting call for a thief. So they want they want him to do a reading of his uh, his what was it his partner getting killed? Yeah, well, it yeah, sounds he, like he, the he part was, he was reading for was actually a private eye. Okay, which is how but either way his gay, uh, gay what, what was the gay Perry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he winds up on he winds up getting cast for this and sent over to Val Kilmer, who plays Gay Perry, uh, a private investigator in Hollywood, and he's supposed to teach Robert Downey Jr. the ropes. And just that alone sounds great. 
I mean, and that this scene? might be. Oh, this might be my two favorite roles for the, those actors. Just the quintessential fuck up that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is, and Val Kilmer playing a flamboyantly gay PI who is also an ultra badass. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was that flamboyant. He more so. He, than he, 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 would fully, he would fully embrace it if he needed, you know, if, if, if like the moment called for it. He, he, but he wasn't like. Well, like the scene where they're open. tied up and he's egging on, he's egging on the tormentor guy when he's tied up to, you know, get him close enough to shoot him. Yeah, he he's going pretty over the top. But that that scene where Robert Downey Jr. first goes into the casting office and he's just been shot lightly, and he's acting. I mean, that whole scene is brilliant, and all the interplay between him and Kilmer just is phenomenal. You could just watch them go back and forth for two hours, and I would have been fine. Yeah, how he just over and over just keeps calling and finding new ways to call him an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, yeah. And Perry had a lot of great, great quotes in the ones like, you don't get it, do you? This isn't good cop, bad cop. This is fag and New Yorker. You're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Just but everything, the, uh, everything Robert Downey Jr. does turns to shit. He finds mm-hmm. like three different ways to not get the girl. Uh, mm-hmm. His every instinct is wrong. He He's tough when he shouldn't be tough. Oh god! I just love those two characters so much. When he, when he just shoots outright, shoots the guy right in the head. <laughs> he tries to play Russian roulette with him. Gets him with the first bullet. Shit. Check your math. Who taught you math? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but no. I mean, the the interaction between those two is hilarious. Every single time they're on, you know, just I mean, when he finds out that his girlfriend, the girl that he knew from back home committed suicide i mean even that is sickly funny because you can tell that harry just doesn't give a shit and he's only saying these things because that is what you say at this time when something happens to a person yeah but perry uh was friends with melody as well but it was just kind of like harmony get off harmony harmony yeah get off get off my car (laughs) i have to go i think eventually just put just like it pushes him off the car (laughs) you don't understand i have to go what about the yeah, whole bit in the bar where they keep talking about all the different people that are there using like it's it's Native American Joe Pesci, you know? Yeah. That was funny. That whole game and the actors they got that look just like him. Yeah. Like what they describe. Yeah. What was it? Uh, uh, New Age Steven Seagal or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, New Age Steven Seagal. Uh, and you got the one, the, the um, Native American Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. Native American Joe Pesci. What was the other one? There were several. They did it for a while. Yeah, there was the first one. I can't recall because she yeah, starts the, one, the game. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. Um, but anyway, yeah. When this when it first started, and he started doing like the asides and stopping the frame and talking about I'm your narrator and all this stuff, I thought it was gonna, you know, I was like, oh, this is gonna get really annoying. You know, it's gonna get so coy and everything and blah blah. But it never. I mean, it never really did. It was just kind of interesting, you know. Robert Downey Jr. Over- has enough charisma to pull that off. Yeah, he didn't overplay yeah. it. Right. And, and it, then the go ahead. I was going to say it's a hard-boiled detective story from the perspective of a guy who isn't a detective and his getting caught up in the mystery isn't as a result of any like positive action. He pretty much the story happens to him. Yeah, he yeah. just keeps stumbling across everything, you know. He's almost like a Mr. Magoo character. 
<laughs> was, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm retired. I invented dice when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? <laughs> that whole bit about L.A. women being completely broken and how superficial they are. I mean, yeah, those little bits where he keeps coming up with different things he does just because it's fun almost at that point. And everybody, everybody I know that's ever lived in L.A. says so many of the women are like that. It's ridiculous. You know, just that, yeah. that's their opening line. What do you drive? <laughs> oh. great, great stuff. Or what about the scene? I think one of my favorite scenes that sold me on it when I originally saw it was when the car jumps up over into the lake. He swims down. <laughs> the, he shoots. He shoots the lock to open up the trunk. He brings a dead body up. And yeah. they're having that back and forth banter. And then the guys with the ski mask show up. And then he points out that he shot her in the head. So she may not yeah. have been dead when she uh, from the broken neck. It could have been that he shot her in the head. Uh, that whole bit. <laughs> Talking monkey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Game for the future. Ugly sucker. Only says ficus. <laughs> We're quoting the yeah, movie people haven't seen. Yeah, this, well, yeah, you guys, I mean, honestly, listeners, this movie should not be passed up. I mean, I, I, really, I really like the way they, you know, they did a lot of send-ups of, you know, the old Sam Spade, you know, detective type of, type of thing. Like, when, you know, when he's describing, you know, how, how she, how he met up with her and she hired him, you know, telling her, oh, yeah, I met her at the door naked and all that. He's all really like, no, stupid. She hired me over the Internet, you know, <laughs> you know just, just the send-up of that, that whole, you know, idea of the P.I., yeah, <clears throat> it was like a modern day take on that, basically. Right, but from a slightly different yeah. perspective. <laughs> it's everyone. I'm sorry, I just keep. I'm remembering the thing is that that drive. Okay, one thing that's going to drive me nuts about this movie is that it is so quotable that you you have all these quotes from the movie, like "Don't quit your gay job." You know, everyone who hates Harry, raise their hand. <laughs> so that sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when he says obedient bitches too, and someone throws a glass at his head and he just effortlessly ducks it. That was the <laughs> bad. He just knew ass. it was coming from someone, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the quotes are you, stop multiplying. You know, all these great <laughs> and the thing is the movie didn't get enough viewing for these quotes to be used in public and actually Did understood. I mean, it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's compare it to the diehard thing. I mean you could say yippee kaye to somebody and they know exactly where you're going with it. You can't – I'm aggravated be that more people have not seen this movie. But I, I actually kind of – myself I'm – so, I'm sorry, Josh. I, I myself like a, a movie like this kind of to use almost like a, um, a barometer for who will get me and who won't. You know, you throw something out like that and if somebody looks at you like and they get it and they know it, you're like, oh, wow. You know, you, you know, that's, yeah. um, I, I, I do that kind of stuff all the time just to see who's going to catch anything I say, you know. So I like movies like that where, where, you know, only certain people are going to catch it. Talk about two protagonists that could not be more different in our two films from John McClane, who maybe everything doesn't go right for him. But just in general, he has the agency in the movie. He does things. He makes things happen. And he's the one guy who's got his shit together and can take down the bad guys to uh, in uh uh, kiss kiss bang bang uh, Harry Lockhart who bumbles stuff that he shouldn't possibly be able to fuck up he ends up like almost getting with his childhood sweetheart and at the last minute audibling over to her homely friend who he doesn't even like 
Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, that, that was funny when, when he woke up in bed with her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, it's a comparison. Like, John McClane, all the bad things happen to him, and with uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, all the bad things happen because of him. Right. You know, it's and he doesn't like, really have that... I was going to say, he doesn't really have that badass moment until he's at the end when he falls onto the coffin, grabs the dead person's hand, you know, the whole gun bit uh, where he shoots Corbin Burson, Burson <laughs> thank God. Mr. Uh, fucking Magic. And then he falls onto the car. You know, that whole bit there, that's when he turns into a badass for a brief shining moment. But for the rest of the movie, yeah, he's the opposite. Well, it's, it's kind of like, so. you know, what I just said about Die Hard earlier, you know, everything would have been perfect, you know, and... and you know, if John McClane isn't there, it's an entirely different scenario. Whereas in this movie, if if he's not there, you know, I mean, things are just going to go fine. You know, and and things almost happen anyway because you know, despite him being there doing anything, you know, so that it's only yeah, by you know a whole bunch of just magical luck that you know he ends up stopping everything. So and Gay Perry. Well, well yeah, yeah, but the most the thing that cracked the case was him looking up a dead girl's skirt and noticing she didn't have any panties. Yeah. Good point. I should be a detective, I think. <laughs> you want to look up dead girls' skirts? No, I'm just with all the looking up of skirts I do, well, maybe I should use that for good. Get paid for it. Uh, That's right. So here's some trivia. You're not Japanese. Uh, who did the voice of the bear? Oh, I don't know. This. Uh, pew, pew. Laura, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> what? Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. What do I know? I'm a bear. I eat the heads off fish. That's um, odd. Yeah. Oh, it sure uh, is. Val, Val Kilmer refused to drink during the entire production of the movie to uh, support Robert Downey Jr. Aww. Because this is right on his way back, on his amazing rebound from the very bottom. I mean, you want a, you want a rebound story right there. Robert Downey Jr. is it. Um, it was given a standing ovation at Cannes. Con. Which, cons, whatever, prick. Con. Uh, uh, <laughs> the movie, uh, Val Kilmer met Robert Downey Jr. for the first time at a Hollywood party, and a week later, he received the screenplay for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and agreed to do it before he finished reading it, and on greeting it, uh, <laughs> upon agreeing, he was informed that Robert Downey Jr. had been cast. So... Uh, Val Kilmer had to quickly lose the 50 pounds he gained for his role in Oliver Stone's Alexander in 2004 to fit uh, to play uh, Gay Perry, uh, which thereupon he slowly began to gain that back. Plus another fan. Yeah. Man, have you, what was that comedy movie that he was in? Top Secret? McGruber. Well, yeah, no, the, the, yeah that one too. Top, top the, the most recent. Yeah, no, McGruber. Have you in that one? I didn't even recognize him in the MacGruber. Who Val Kilmer? V- Val Kilmer, man, he was in MacGruber. Apparently, yeah, he's, he's, the, the, he's, he's the bad the guy in MacGruber. Oh yeah, Apparently, he was. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, MacGruber. He was after the bad doing guy, the line in the dark. He decided to go from Kilmer to uh, Brando. Or was <laughs> that the, no the Island of Doctor Moreau? Sorry, wrong movie. Uh. People thought about for this movie before Robert Downey Jr., Hugh Grant. What? Oh, that Benicio sucked. del Toro. What? Hmm? I could see that. See, Beni- I could see it, but it wouldn't be. No. 
Benicio del Toro would is too badass ish, and he he would pull too much. Of the, I, I couldn't buy him screwing up as much as I could buy Robert Downey Jr. screwing you, up. You sir have never exactly. seen the way of the gun. I have not. It is now on my list, though. Yes, you should. Good movie. He, he plays a Good fuck movie. up in that movie. All right. Um, Johnny Knoxville was also set to be Harry Lockhart. Hmm. Would have been a different movie. Which would have been a completely different movie. I don't think I would have liked it then. Speaking of which, he was in the remake of The Dukes of Hazzard with General Lee. Yes, he yeah. was. And then the uh, in the scene, in the Christmas party scene, where it takes place in a club exhibiting living art, which is the one where all the girls in the boxes. Yeah. At one point in his life, Robert Downey Jr. worked in that club. Oh, cool. Yeah. In one of the boxes? <clears throat> yeah. What's in the box? He was, he was, he was the other reindeer. <laughs> What's in the box? Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> So I think the upshot here is if you have not seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you're really missing out. Uh, yeah, you are. I'd forgotten this was a holiday tale, and uh, I, I own this. Uh, I remember loving it the first time, but seeing it uh, again today, it's like, why did I wait so long to watch this again? It's such a good movie. I own it as well, yeah. and I had the same reaction when I put it in to watch it. I was like, why, why is it still sitting downstairs? Why haven't I watched it? More before this, and been at least a couple of years. And yeah. I, I know it's that just, in, a, in about a month or so, I'm, I'm probably going to sit and watch this again. Well, this is going to—I think this is going to go into my rotation of like the Die Hard, you know, Last Boy Scout, um, Lethal Weapon, you know, that that revolution of movies that I watch. You know, it's like you want a good, fun action movie. This is definitely going into that category. You just named three out of four Shane Black movies. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, let me. What about? You uh, yeah, because I'm already married. That's not an excuse. <laughs> Move to Utah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen no Utah. Cobra. No. Yeah. No. You brought up Utah. That's it. <laughs> so. So what do you think? Round table. Thumbs up all around on this one? Yeah. Now I'm surprised it's only getting seven out of seven stars out of ten on um IMDB. What about tomatoes? I'd say thumbs up yeah. abs the Smurf and Luffy. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah. And again, folks, all this we I think are all echoing this sentiment on this movie that uh if you have not seen this movie, you need to see it now, just because it is a lot better than uh, than you think. It's 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 well done and it's fun, you know. Yeah, it's a kiss, movie. kiss, bang, bang. According to the Rotten Tomatoes, eighty four percent. See that? Well, that's the review. Yeah, that's about the audience same. was eighty seven percent. Yeah, I would say so. eighty four would be about right, like an eight point four out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I gotta say me too, because that's just... I don't give just fun to watch. A 10, so. Well. So, what are we talking about next week? 
Next week, we are looking into the future for the new year. We are going to bring you guys the latest in remakes and rehashes and reboots. Uh, we're looking into 2014, and we're uh, letting you guys know what we're looking forward to. So in movies and TV and music and uh, video games, you know, what uh, remakes are coming around the corner and what you can uh, expect to see in the next year. Also, um, we're hoping to get a call from you guys. Hoping that somebody call us, leave us a message. And what's that number, Josh? That's uh, 708-NOW-RAP. N-O-W-W-R-A-P. I can spell. In Cincinnati. And if you want to call, uh, if you don't want to talk to us, uh, you can uh, always email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. You can go to 40go14. Fortigo14.com. I have something wrong with my For, lips today. Fortigo14. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, Fortigo14.com. And uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Blueberry, iTunes. And please leave us some rating and a comment there. And uh, also, you can find all our updates and things on our Facebook page. So you just look for 40 going on 14 on Facebook. Yeah, we are almost to 1,000 fans on Facebook. And uh, we're going to try and cook up something special for the 1,000th. So uh, keep your eyes there. So there you go, folks. And I'm Mike, and I'm going to say good night to you, folks. And uh, you have a good New Year's. Um, Patrick, also, I will, I guess, have a good New Year's as well. Good night, you filthy animals. (laughs) (laughs) Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I am. Touch your butt. Through Facebook. Through Facebook, yes. It's going to be a poke. <laughs>